Online Crossroads fam, welcome or welcome back to our midweek service, Crossroads, that we turn into a podcast. This is Kenny, and as you can tell, my voice isn't quite what it's supposed to be. Uh, not really sick, just lost my voice. But anyway, uh, we are continuing in our process of becoming a disciple that makes a disciple. You got to be one to D one. And this service that we did, we were talking about the importance of picking friends. The irony in this is, is about two weeks ago when this was laid on my heart, um, I just really started praying about it and trying to figure out how I was going to speak to this. And then last week there was an article that came out through social media about the most dangerous thing in the life of a teenager. And that very well put, is how we choose our friends. Our friendships can be the best thing that happens in our life, but it also could be one of the worst things that happens in our life. So thank you for being a part of this podcast. Uh, we want to thank Crossroads Student Ministry for sponsoring this. Uh, we'd love for you to hear from you. If you would, go to our social media stuff. You can find all of that information on KennyCrossroads.com, but I'd love to hear from you, uh, see what your thoughts are, and maybe get some ideas for what we might speak on in the future. As always, welcome to Crossroads. All right, folks, give me a little bit of time. We're going to get you out of here shortly. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to start off by saying, but it was going to be good. And, um, <clears throat> but I don't know, so we'll just get into the Bible study. If I remember it, I'll tell you. Okay, how many of you pretend? Any of y'all pretend? Have imaginary conversations or anything? Anybody? <laughs> um, growing up, we, we kind of lived away from everyone. And we had one vehicle in our house, so it wasn't you just you didn't just jump in the car and take off somewhere. And so I had imaginary friends. Anyone? Imaginary friends? Cool. I'm not the only psycho. Great. Uh, I had imaginary friends. My first imaginary friend was a guy named Joe Namath. So Joe Namath was a real person, but of course he was a professional football player by the time I was born. But he was one of my imaginary friends. Um, getting into real life, we're going to pretend for a second. Let's pretend in your circle of friends, the ones that you would consider to be close friends, you have to choose for one of them to move to Bangladesh. I don't even know where that is. It's a real place, though. So you have to pick one person that you would consider to be a friend, and they have to leave. How do you choose that person? The one you like the least, okay? All right. Just curious about that because we all have friends. We all have people that, that we consider to be friends. And there's different levels in our friendships. You know, you've got that group of people that you would consider to be friends that you're just really acquaintances with. You have classes with them. You've gone to school with them. Um, maybe it's people that you go to church with. And it's not that you're close to them, but when you see them, you're not disgusted by them. You're, you would consider them to be friends. Then that circle gets a little bit tighter. And it's different kind of friend then. You run into that friend that... <clears throat> that uh, maybe you're on a ball team together and you've got a closer connection or maybe you're in the band together or maybe you blast together <laughs> or whatever it is. Or, or maybe, maybe this is a group of people that on Sunday nights after church you end up at the same place eating somewhere. That group of friends gets a little tighter because you're closer to that group. And then that circle gets even a little more tighter. You've got a group of people that <clears throat> you go to the movies with. You got a group of people that uh, you sit with each week in uh, church, or you go out to eat Wednesday night at Neighborhood Grill after church. Same group every week. 
you've got that group that's even tighter. And then it gets closer than that. You've got a group of people that you get in the car with and ride with. You've got a group of people that <coughs> excuse me, have been to your house. That group is getting smaller and smaller. And then you get to that smallest group that you would consider to be your best friends. And when you get to that group, these are the people that have spent the night at your house. These are the people that you trust with everything. This is the kind of person that you said, if you came up with $100,000 and you said, hey, I need you to hold this for me until next week, you've got a friend that you know would hold on to that money. I'm not that friend. You hand me $100K, make it rain. I'm going to have a driveway. I'm just going to tell you, so don't give me $100,000. I ain't going to hold it. You hand me 25 cents, I'm probably going to spend it. So don't hand me no money. But that group of friends that you consider to be really, really close, there's different levels in friendships. And based on what you've seen out of them, how you see these people react, the level of trust that you have kind of dictates the level of friendship that they're actually in. From the time you were little, you started developing friendships. And to be honest, to begin with, you didn't have a choice in who your friends were. Your friends were based on who your parents were friends with. Um, because your parents were the one that took you everywhere. They dressed you, they fed you, they burped you, they whatever you do with babies. And you took them places. And all of a sudden, they had these friends because the parents were friends with people. Then you get a little bit older, and based on where you go to school, you've got friends based on that. Uh, who you're on teams with, who you're in clubs with, who you go to church with. But then at some point, you get to the age where you start making your own choices. And those friends are based strictly on who you are. And that's when it changes for adults, too, because at some point, it changes. Our friends are based on who your friends are. Because your friends get together, and then we become friends with parents. We're friends with people that I never knew until Barrett became friends with their kids. Just never knew them. And it's not a bad thing. We don't really have many friends. <laughs> That's when y'all go, oh, Aww. it's okay. But who you're friends with says a good bit about you. It kind of gives people an idea of who you are. The first thing people notice is the first reaction people get out of you. What they see in you is kind of forming an image of who you are. Uh, if you dress nice or if you dress like a slob. If you hang out with a cool group of folks or if you hang out with a rough group of folks, if you drive a nice car, if you drive a hoopty, whatever it is, what people see gives them an image of who you are. And it sounds very judgmental, but we kind of pick our friends that way, don't we? So real quick, everybody's playing this game. You need to raise your hands. No adults can play. This is for teenagers, so. How do you pick your friends? While you think about that, I'm going to get my water bottle because I'm about to choke. Not really. I'm not going to choke. I don't think I'm going to choke. I might choke. Hey, nice sweatshirt. I like that. All right, so you've had time to think about this. Somebody shoot a hand up in there and tell me how you select your friends. Yes, sir. Like to do the same things. Yes, sir. You talk to anybody? Okay. My mom, uh, we were Walmart one time when I was little, and she couldn't find me. And I came back, and she asked where I was. I was like, talking to strangers. That's terrifying. That's horrifying. <laughs> okay, you be sure you're here February 5th. Mr. Cameron's going to talk to you. So. 
Here's how you're not safe. Hey, stranger. Somebody else, one of our ladies, how do you pick your friends? We don't pick. They pick us, okay? You don't know? I just saw you say, I don't know. I think what it boils down to is it's kind of like what they've been saying, like Layton said. It's people that you have things in common with. It's people that you like to do the same things with. I had a great group of friends growing up, and I was friends with everyone. I was friends with the thugs. I was friends with the rednecks. I was friends with the preppy folks. I was friends with whoever because you never know where you're going to be when you're going to need those kind of friends. If you're broke down in the middle of the woods, you want to have a good redneck friend because they're going to have a truck with a chain, and they will take care of you. If you're friends with the thugs, you never can tell when you're going to get jumped and you'll be like, oh, I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, your thug buddies come out and go, not today. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Right? You want to be friends with the preppy folks because you might need a Coke one day and you ain't got no money. <laughs> sure wish I had a soda. <laughs> Being friends, developing these relationships. And what we've got to understand is the most dangerous thing in the life of a teenager. Let's bring it in a little bit closer. The most dangerous thing in the life of an American teenager. No. A Chilton County teenager, the most dangerous thing is your friendships. And the reason I say Chilton County because there's not many of you that's got to walk to school tomorrow through a gang zone. Not many of you. Probably none of you. You live in certain parts of the United States. There's a good chance when you're walking to school you'll get shot because gang life is that real. But for us here in Chilton County, one of the things we've got to understand is based on what our friendships are, it can be one of the most dangerous things because of where it could take us. Take your Bibles, if you would. <clears throat> Turn to Proverbs chapter 12. The relationship that you, that you develop, the friendships that you have, it can be a very dangerous thing, but it can also be one of the greatest things that happens in your life. And as a parent, you've got to understand there have been times probably in all of your lives when you talk to your parents about going and doing something with a certain group of people and your parents kind of gave you the, eh, it happened to me, it'll probably happen to you if it hadn't yet. And it's not because your, your parents don't want you to have friends, it's just because they want to make sure they put you in the best situations that they can. I have taught this for close to 30 years now, working with teenagers, about how you select the proper friends. And as I now have a teenager, it kind of hits home differently. One of the things that, that we as parents do is we want to teach our children how to make right choices. And as much as we can teach, it's still it's up to you on how you choose these things. But there are things that we want to instill in you, that you don't do drugs, that you don't drink, that you don't smoke, that you don't do porn, that you don't speed down the highway recklessly, that you're respectful to adults. You know, there are things and we want you to make sure that you don't make friends with people that do all these bad things. That's something that we do. And at some point, you're going to be the adult, and you're going to be doing that with your family, with your children. And it's not because, again, we're not trying to squash who your friendships are, but we understand how important it is to have the right kind of friends. Because all of us, we're influenced by our friends. How many of you have ever bought a shirt because you saw one of your friends wearing one, and you saw that shirt, and you went, oh, I want one of those? Don't be lying. Don't be lying. <laughs> Yeah. Jacket. We should just say clothes. Shoes, boots. 
About 7,000 years ago here at Weston Baptist Church, uh, there was a group of teenage guys. And one of them walked in with something called Georgia Boots. Had no idea what it was. And he walked in and he got them like a size too big. So when he walked, his heels clunked. He came walking in one night and I watched all of his buddies look at his boots. The next week, every one of them had the same kind of boots. And every one of them left black scuff marks out there in the hallway. Because when they walked, cocoons, cocoon, and the custodians come up, they go, Kenny, you got to tell them not to do that. And I said, I can't teach them how to walk. That's just who they are right now. But it was because one person had it, everybody else gravitated towards it. Our friendships are that way. Because of who your friends are, they're going to influence the way that you think. And again, that can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. The question is, is who is the leader of your pack? In your tight circle, who's the one that says, hey, let's do this, and everybody else goes, yeah. In my circle, it was a guy named Richard. Richard was the one that everybody wanted to be like. He was the one that everybody wanted to hang out with. He was the one that when we went to this place called Point Mallard, it's a swimming pool somewhere up in North Alabama, and they had these platforms, the Olympic platforms. He was the one that said, man, I think I'll go up on the top and jump off. And we were like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and he went, and he jumped off, and he didn't die. And I was like, oh, crap. Well, Richard did it, so I got to do it. And then Mike, Mike said, well, I'm going to do it. So Mike went up. He got to the edge. Richard was cool. Richard was like, all right, here I go, guys. Woo and he just took off. He was that guy. Mike got up there, and he was like, oh, man. He jumped. Everything was cool. He didn't die. He hit the water, came back up. Oh, man, it was awesome. Kenny, it's your turn. Yeah, it's my turn. I'm like, can I pull a hamstring walking up these steps? Can I have a heart attack? I don't know. And so I get to the top. And I'm standing, it's like in Decatur, Alabama. And I'm standing up there and I'm looking at Clanton. It's that high up. And I'm like, oh. And so I step over to the edge and you look down and that big giant swimming pool is about the size of this. And you're like, oh. oh. If the wind blows just right, your boy's going in the grass, right? So I get up there and I'm like, I've, I've got to do it. Because I've climbed all the way up here. I would probably pass out trying to climb back down. And so I jumped. The whole purpose behind me doing it was because Richard did it. Flat, fast forward years later, we're on a church youth retreat uh, choir tour. And I was already out of choir, but the, the youth pastor had asked me if I would go and be a chaperone. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll go and be a chaperone because I sang in the choir with him. It was a lot of fun. And all of a sudden, Richard goes, hey, they got bungee jumping. I said, what are you talking about? He said, it's like they tie these rubber bands around your ankles and you jump. It's brand new. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Too bad we're here with all these students and we cannot go anywhere. <laughs> he said, well, I talked to Mr. Rick. He said it was cool. I'm like, crap. Yes, let us go. And so we did. And Richard gets up there first because he's like, man, I'm going. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm right behind. <laughs> right behind you. Yeah, I'm coming. And Richard gets up there, and he goes in this crane, and this crane takes him up. And all of a sudden, whew, pew, 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 pew. he's fine. Then it's my turn. He's like, come on, kid, it's your turn. I said, yeah, it is. <sighs> and they tie that thing around my ankles, and they start going up in that crane. The crane's got a basket, and you're in it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like looking at Cuba. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that Fidel Castro over there? And I'm just way up there in the air. He says, all right, 
Now what you're going to do is you're going to get over to the side. You're going to reach down between your feet and you're going to pull the bungee cord between your feet because it was kind of all bunched up. And I was like, okay. And when I reached over there and I looked down and that big old air mattress was about the size of a matchbox. And I was like, oh dear Jesus. Number one, if this thing breaks, that little, that air ain't going to keep me from dying. He was like, hey, if you're not scared, I can shake the bucket. I said, do you want to go first? He said, well, I'm not strapped in. I said, exactly. He was like, okay, go ahead, big man. Oh. So, I was like, <laughs> so I did. I, I put the, the cord between my feet, and I was like, well, i got to die sometime. Here we go. And I jumped. Tied by my ankle. It slung your boy up and down, up and down, up and down. And I got through it. I was like, he said, you want to do it again? I said, no. I got to go change my clothes because I done wet my pants, your pants, everybody's pants. My sole purpose behind doing that is because my friend wanted to do it, and he was the alpha. He was the one that I was going to follow. And the thing is, is we've all got those friends that influence us to do things Sometimes we wouldn't normally do, and sometimes things we know we shouldn't do. But because our friendship has led us in the direction, a lot of times we'll follow folks down paths we shouldn't go. One of my favorite things to do, other than putting puzzles together, is to watch stuff about the mafia. I don't know why I'm fascinated with the mafia, but I'm fascinated with mafia. And so I watch all these shows about the mafia. And one of the things, one of the shows, it was talking with one of the Dons, it's one of the leaders of the mafia group. And they're talking about his childhood. And they said, he grew up in this area in Bushwick and blah, 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 blah. And they're talking about him growing up. And it said, he was the youngest of 12 children. And the father, like he, he shined shoes for a living. And they would eat potato soup once a week. It was all they had. And he talked about how poor they were. He said, but at a young age, he started noticing these men that wore really nice suits. And he said, he started seeing that. And then it, it went to a different scene. And it was the guy's granddaughter. And she said, I can remember Papa talking about when he was a little kid. And he would just sit there on the stoop of the stairs of the building that they lived in. And he would see these men walk by in these nice suits. And he said, that's what I want. And anything he could do to be a part of that, that's what he wanted. And these men, they were, they were nice suits and they were wealthy. They had money. And he said, every so often, one of them would walk by and just go, hey, kid, and flip me a coin. He said, a quarter back in those days was huge. And I would have a quarter, and my father would go, how did you get a quarter? He said, so-and-so gave it to me. Mr. So-and-so gave it to me. And his father would go, no, you don't need to be around those people. Those people aren't good people. He said, but Daddy, they helped me. And because of what he saw in those people, he gravitated toward them. Even though that life that he was going to end up living was going to take him down paths that he shouldn't have gone. It's so important for us to make wise choices about who our friends are because based on who our friends are, that's going to have something to do with our future as well. Proverbs chapter, what did I say, 12? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, please. Somebody get it and hit it. Uh, the NIV says a righteous man is cautious in his friendships. And I think that's a very wise thing that, of course, Proverbs is all about wisdom. And that's one of the wisest things that we can hear is we've got to be cautious, not just once we develop these friendships, but in who we choose to be our friends. Because, again, our friendships dictate a lot of what's going to happen in our life. 
Um, growing up, um, I went to school in Jemison, <clears throat> and I had a friend named Travis, and I called him Shabu. And so Shabu was one of my best buddies, and he and I played baseball together, and we were that close friends that would get in fist fight in first period, and by second period, we were best friends again. And so Shabu and I were at a, a football game one night, and he said, hey, I bet you can't throw a rock up there. And he was pointing to the lights. And I was like, bet I can. No, yeah, no, yeah, do it, okay? And so I got a rock, and I crow hopped, and I threw just as hard as I could, and it hit inside the lights and went, and just fell. I was like, told you I could do it. He said, you can't do it again. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. And so sure enough, here I go again. I crow up and I, boom! Light blows up, all the lights flicker. I look across the field and there's one of the coaches walking across. And as he's walking across, I see my father walking downstairs. And I was like, this is where I die. <laughs> and so me being the brilliant guy I am, I was like, I will hide. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying my best to hide. I'm like, oh, I gotta hide. Pile of rocks. No, that won't work. And so I go behind a concession stand, because <laughs> they will never think to look there, as he's walking across the field watching me go. And I'm <laughs> and all of a sudden this hand comes around the side and just kind of <laughs> pulls me out. And it was one of the coaches. Put his arm around me and just started walking. I was like, oh gosh. But what scared me even more is as he's walking with me, I see my father walking this way too. And I was like, crap, I'm going to die twice. Because of my friend, I made a poor choice. And it wasn't that Shabu was a bad person, but I think he's just like every one of us. We want to see how far we can push things from time to time. It's not that we wake up and go, man, I think I want to be a meth head. <laughs> Nobody wakes up and goes, man, I just, I just want to do drugs today, you know? I woke up and I had a healthy breakfast and I just can't think of anything better than going get some heroin, heroin, I can't even say, some of that heat rod, whatever. We don't have that in us, but because we have heard of it, maybe some, from some of our friends, maybe we've heard people talk about it, we get influenced in that way. And those paths that we take based on these friendships that we develop, sometimes these friendships will take us in places we don't need to go. And again, it's not that we were bad. We just want to see how far we can push things. Like when your mom tells you don't touch something, for some of you, you will wait until she turns around and you'll go. <laughs> right? Some of you, you wait until she leaves the room and you'll be like, ah. Some of you will wait until she's gone to Africa. <laughs> oh, God, forgive me, Lord, I touched it. She said, don't touch it. I was that kid. Mama go, don't you touch that. All right. <laughs> I wouldn't until she turned around. I don't know. Moms are like teachers. You know, you always heard teachers got eyes on the back of their head. She would say, don't, don't be touching that. Can you ask going to be hot? I'm like, okay. And with her back, she goes, I told you not to touch it. <laughs> Just want to see how far I can get. You get 16, your parents are like, all right, and you need to be careful. Once you drive the speed limit, don't listen to the radio too loud. Do not get on your phone. By the way, that didn't happen when I was a teenager because we didn't have cell phones. But don't drive too fast. Don't listen to loud music. Don't pick anybody up. Um, be careful. Okay. And sure enough, you're in the driveway and you're 10 and 2. You're pulling out of your driveway, turning your blinker on. <laughs> Look how responsible I am, Dad. <laughs> blinker. Oh, I was going left. Yeah, left. 
And you, you're doing everything until you get out of their sight. And then you do like, ka, 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 da, da. and you let it eat, right? <laughs> and then you're like, why? Because a lot of times the choices we make take us down paths and there's punishment involved with it. My father taught me all the rules of driving. He was a truck driver. He, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do and what I wasn't supposed to do. I knew not to run a red light. Even if you don't drive, you know not to run a red light. Red means stop. I know this. But when you sit at a red light for, gosh, it had to be like 20 or 30 milliseconds and it hadn't changed yet. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's it change? Oh! <laughs> He's through you. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm breaking the law. Boy, straight out there. Oh. Policeman comes up and says, uh, Kenny, sir, you know I pulled you over? Oh. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's obvious because you want my autograph. <laughs> he said, you know you ran a red light? And he said, you know you ran a red light? And I look at the police officer lying straight up saying, I did not know that I had run a red light. <laughs> he said, really? Because I was sitting at the Piggly Wiggly and you rolled up and stopped. And I watched you look both ways before you drove them. <laughs> I had a stroke. I don't know. We just want to see how far we can push things. But the thing is, is if we've got the right circle of friends, we can avoid some of that. Making the right choices on the friendships that we have a lot of times will take us from a lot of heartache that's going to come our way. And it's so important that we choose wisely who our circle is because those friends are friends that's going to last for your life. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Somebody get it and hit it. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Thank you, sir. Don't think that you can hang out with bad folks and not be influenced. That's exactly what that's saying in the Kenny Martin version. These people that we hang out with are going to influence us. And before long, the things that they are doing, the things that's going on in their life before long, it will creep into ours. And it's not that we desire to be bad people. And it's not that we think these people are terrible people. It's just they're doing things that we know we shouldn't do and we know that they shouldn't do. And it's so important for us to make sure that we're cautious about that. Probably each one of you at some point want to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Guys, you look for the Mrs. Wright. Ladies, you look for the Mr. Wright. Just go ahead and clear that up. And at some point, you're going to have the opportunity to find that special someone that you're going to just be in love with. But has your circle of friends kept you from maybe having a relationship with that perfect someone because maybe you've been in a circle with folks that aren't really the best? And I think I shared this last week, but I had great friends growing up. But they weren't the best folks in the world. And I look back and I could call any of them right now and they'd come do whatever. But the thing is, is... We didn't really do anything good for people. We didn't do anything good, period. And I think it's so important that in our circle of friends, we make sure that we're holding each other accountable to do what's right. These friendships are friendships that's going to last for a long, long time. 
I had the privilege yesterday to go see Miss Lori. I was about to call her Martin. I never get used to peoples. Um, Sunday afternoon after our morning service, Lori sent me a message and she said, uh, hey, could you send me the track that Brother James or Dr. James was reading from today? And I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. She said, I've not really been able to speak to anybody, but that really spoke to me, that message. And so I talked to Brother James. I was like, hey, can we just, would you mind just going with me over there and delivering it to her? He said, no, nah, I'd be fine. And so she said, that's fine. And we got there and her mother and father were there and we just spent some time with Lori. And as she started talking about this journey she's been on with cancer for 60, over 16 years, as we're sitting there talking, she just stopped for a second and she smiled. And she looked at Brother James. She said, you probably don't know this, but Kenny and I have been friends since we were little kids. And I just kind of smiled. I couldn't really talk much because she's just that special to me. And she just kind of smiled. I said, yeah. And Brother James was talking to her. And I, again, I didn't say hardly anything. He said, so y'all been friends for a while? She said, oh, we went to children's camps together. We got in trouble together. We did great things together. We've just been friends for a long time. And it's a friendship that was a good thing. And it was centered around the way our friendship started was at a children's camp where we learned about God. And the things that were instilled in our life are still with us today. The circle of friends that you have, how close are they to God? And I'll finish with this. A couple of weeks ago, I was at one of our former students' weddings. And as I was there, one of his groomsmen, groomsmen came up to me. And he was like, what's going on, Kenny? I said, bro, I ain't seen you in forever. He said, I know, it's been a long time. And so we just chatted for a little bit. And about a week ago, I got a message. It was a text message. He said, hey, are you free for lunch? And I said, no, I'm not. Um, I need a couple of weeks heads up if we're going to get lunch together. Uh, by the way, I don't really know who this is. Um, I don't have you in my phone. And he told me his name. I was like, oh, man, I'd love to. Can we do it next Wednesday? He said, yeah. And so I got to sit down with one of my former students today and have lunch. He's a grown man getting ready to get married himself. And I asked him a lot of questions about life and all, but I just started thinking about how I knew this kid. And I say kid, he's a grown man now. I never will forget one Wednesday night, this student walked up to me. He said, hey, Brother Kenny. And I said, yeah. He said, I got a friend that's coming tonight. I said, well, good. That's good, man. I'm glad you got a friend. Period. <laughs> and I'm glad that they're coming tonight. He said, yeah, he's kind of different. I said, okay. And I'm expecting like a gargoyle to walk in or something. Well, this guy comes walking in. He's got a Metallica t-shirt on. I was like, okay. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? He said, hey. And I said, what's your name? He told me his name. We just started hanging out. And that kid grew up in this ministry. He was one of our, he was the lead guitarist for our worship team for a long time. And I started thinking the sole reason I know who this guy is is because one friend reached out to another friend and invited him to be a part of something big. Part of what God's doing. That type of friend that's going to lead us down the right path. That type of friend that's going to encourage us to not just be okay, but to be the best we can be. That friend that's going to call us out when we're not living the life we should. It's so important that we choose the right friends. So my question to you tonight would be, how's your circle? How's the circle of friends that you hang out with? In that circle of friends, do you ever talk about what God's doing in your lives? 
Oh, Kenny, that's so ministerial of you. Yeah, but it's an important question. How important is God to your friends? How important is God to you? Is he important enough that you would share him with your friends? Someone's got to be the leader of your circle. My prayer is that you would be the leader that leads folks in the right direction. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Lord, I- Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.